God. And uh, just like Pastor David and Tim and Pam said, we're just excited about what God's doing in our midst and we're honored that you're a part of it with us and uh, just love you and um, believing that God is really depositing and imparting some strategic things into your life in this season. And I hope that over the last few Sundays, you've found God doing just that and uh, planting some strategic seeds in your heart and in your soil, in your soul, that uh, as we cultivate them, I believe they're going to lead to uh, tremendous, tremendous experiences of God's goodness and his kingdom and his purpose in our life. And um, if you haven't been around for the past few Sundays or so, um, we've been talking about prayer, like Pastor David mentioned. And um, I don't think that there's anything more important that a pastor or a group of pastors, a team of pastors can do for their congregation other than teach them to pray and to lead them into a life-giving prayer life. I, I don't know of another. And so the, the thing about prayer is that, um, you know, we, it, it's, it's, it's hard to quantify. It's hard to identify. It's not a math equation. And uh, sometimes we miss out on the real riches of the benefits of prayer because God refuses to let prayer become like every other thing in life. Prayer, watch this, prayer always has to be by faith. You see, if you, if you got any atheist friends and you tell them that you're going to spend time praying, then what they believe that you're doing is that you're just speaking words into the air that go nowhere. And so that's a great thing to keep in mind, the difference between someone who has no faith and what they think about prayer and someone who prays by faith. Because one person thinks you, you could do nothing that's less purposeful in your life. You're just wasting time. You're wasting words. You're wasting energy. But to the person of prayer, there's nothing more important than I could be doing than speaking these words. Amen. And so as we kind of grow together as a family, as we really lean into saying we're going to take seriously what it means to be people of prayer, what it means to build a prayer life, I just want to remind you as we keep going in this series that there's nothing more important we could be talking about. I can't think of anything else more important. Nothing more that could, could impact our lives, could enrich our lives, could draw us closer to God and get us more in on His purposes and what he's doing. So I'm excited. You know, you never know what's going to happen when you get together as the church. That's the one thing I love about church is that, you know, we do it every week, but you just ought to have this attitude and this mindset that when you get up on Sunday morning and you come to church, you just never know what God might do on an ordinary Sunday. Amen. Might just seem like an ordinary Sunday. I think we need to have expectancy in our hearts. And uh, we're delighted to have some guests and people with us. I don't know uh, the details, but there's folks here, I'm told, from uh, different nations and, uh, and speaking different languages. And we're helping them experience the service. And so we're grateful for you if you've come from afar or from a near or if you're online or in the building. We're going to have a great time in God's Word. So why don't you grab your Bibles and um, turn to Luke chapter 1. And we'll also read a verse from Luke chapter 2. Today is a, it's a special day, a special opportunity for me to be able to share with you on prayer. There's no one in my life that I've learned more about prayer from than my mother. And she's a wonderful, wonderful woman. If you don't know her, she's a lovely lady. And she is a great, great woman of prayer. And today is her birthday. So it's a special honor for me to be able to teach on prayer on my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mom. And uh, I'll sing you a song later today. All right. Won't bless you with my solo today. I got my singing anointing from my mom. It's not our strongest gift. So we try to use it appropriately. Amen. Luke chapter 1, verse number 38. Then Mary said, 
Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be according to your word. Let it be done unto me according to your word. Luke chapter 2 and verse number 19. Just flip a page over to chapter 2 and verse number 19. Same same narrative, same Mary, same person. This is Mary receiving the word that she's going to give birth to God's son. So this is a big moment. And uh, this is what Mary said. It says about Mary in Luke chapter 2 and verse number 19. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be done unto me according to your word. But Mary kept all these things, pondered them in her heart. Today, we want to push a little further and a little deeper into our understanding of prayer. And I want to talk to you this morning about when prayer moves beyond words. When prayer moves beyond words. And so we're going to talk about that and unpack that. But there's prayer that we're very familiar with that always involves words. But if we pay attention to everything that Scripture tells us about prayer, prayer doesn't just involve words. Prayer moves beyond words. And so we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to help us learn and help us grow and help us just dive deeper into prayer this morning. So let's do that. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. And we ask you right now to open your word to us. Lord, we want to be like the disciples on the road to Emmaus when you said that the risen Jesus opened the scriptures to them. And we recognize this morning that the risen Christ is in our midst, that same Jesus who was on that road. And Jesus, we're asking you right now to open the scriptures to us, open our eyes. And Lord, let us see things we've never seen before so that we can experience Experience things we've never experienced before, and we look to you to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We have, uh, have covered a lot of ground in talking about prayer. And one of the things that I want to remind you that we've pointed out is that the Bible says that prayer is in the Spirit in the New Testament. And so in, in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 18, it says, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. And so there's several things that that verse tells us, and that is that there are multiple kinds of prayers. There's different kinds of prayers that the Holy Spirit will lead me into praying. And if my prayer life only consists of a certain kind of prayer, then I'm very much limiting how I can experience prayer and experience God through prayer. And so we can, we can talk about prayers of petition, that we ask God for things. And there's nothing wrong with prayers of petition. We can talk about prayers of intercession, where we pray for other people, or we pray for ourselves, we pray for our church, we pray for our nation, we pray for our city. Those are prayers of intercession. We can talk about prayers of formation. One of the things a couple of weeks ago that I shared with you is that it's a great important shift to make in your prayer life when you move and you shift from only praying prayers of transaction and you shift into praying prayers of formation. So everybody say transaction and everybody say formation. And so Mary in the Gospels becomes this really crystal clear picture of what a prayer of formation looks like. It's a deeper form of prayer when she says in response to the message from the angel, she says, let it be done unto me according to your word. Now, there's a sense in which when we really understand what's going on in, in Mary's life is that Mary becomes the picture of the consummate Christian. In other words, all of our Christian experience can be summed up in Mary because here's what happened to Mary in a literal sense and it applies to each and every one of us. In a literal sense, Mary was just a, a young lady minding her own business and here's what God said to Mary. God said, Mary, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you by surprise. You're not expecting this. You don't deserve this. You shouldn't have this happen to you, but here's what's going to happen to you. The Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. 
And then God himself is going to come and dwell on the inside of you. And he is going to birth something through you that you could have never birthed on your own. And Mary's overwhelmed at this and she doesn't know what to say. And her response to this is just simply to say, here I am, let it be done unto me according to your word. Now, how many of you know Mary birthed Jesus? She's the only person to give birth to Jesus. She's, she's special in that regard. But there is another layer of meaning that we can begin to understand that in a different way, what happened to Mary is somehow going to happen to me. Amen. So I don't have time to, to fully unpack that, but I just want you to get that in a very general sense that when you got saved, what God did to Mary, in Mary, through Mary, God's doing to you, in you, and through you. You say, what does that mean? That means that Jesus is coming to make his abode in your soul and in your life. He's coming with the seed of the gospel, the seed of the truth of God's promise of salvation. And he's saying, my father and I are going to make our home in you. We're going to abide in you. And when we abide in you, we're going to grow bigger and we're going to grow stronger. And we're going to have a transformative effect on your life so that you will find yourself after having had us abide in you and you in us for some time with a supernatural ability to birth something into the world that can change the world, that can turn the world upside down. It's not just Mary, but what God through Jesus did in Mary, he wants to do in and through each and every one of us. Mary teaches us this, watch this. Mary teaches us this, that prayer is really about, listen to me, prayer is really about God bringing his purposes about within me. I'm gonna say that again. I want you to say those two words with me. Just say within me, say it, say within me. So what Mary shows us is that prayer is really about God wanting Prayer is the way through which, prayer is the avenue through which God brings about his purposes within me. Now, that can actually just change your life right there if you begin to meditate and begin to realize that where God's purposes are going to emerge, where God's purposes are going to spring forth is not from without you. It's not from around you. It's not through someone else. It's not through a really anointed person. No, the way God works is God gets down on the inside of you. And he says, I'm going to place my purpose purposes deep within the corridors and the recesses of your being, and they're going to come up out from within you. So if you want to know what God's doing in your life, you have to start to look deep on the inside. Amen. You don't look to other people. You don't look to other sources. You say, I'm looking to God within me. I'm looking to the God on the inside of me. And the God who is within me is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that I could ever ask or think. Watch this. According to what? According to the power within you. That's at work within you. So God is at work within us like he was at work within Mary. And God is bringing about his purposes within us. Here's what's interesting is that everybody wants to live a supernatural life. And if I ask people, do you want to live a supernatural life? Everybody, at least Christians say, I want to live a supernatural life. But I've got a question for you. If the life you're living is connected to the prayer you're praying, then how can you expect to live a supernatural life if you have a completely natural prayer life? So I can't expect to engage a supernatural experience in life if I have a completely explainable prayer life. Am I doing all right? So there's going to be some characteristic, there's going to be some kind of dimension to my prayer life, watch this, that is beyond, everybody say beyond. 
that is beyond my understanding. In other words, there ought to be some dimensions of your prayer life that you fully don't understand what's going on. If you can completely grasp and understand everything that's happening when you pray and why you pray and every time you pray, then we're not doing it right. Because prayer is the mysterious avenue through which the supernatural power and resources of God enter into my life and manifest and form me and change me. So that means that if I can completely comprehend everything that's going on when I pray, then I'm not fully tapping into the resource that prayer is. So prayer is going to move me, watch this, it's going to move me beyond my understanding. Prayer is going to move me beyond my cultural expectations. Prayer is going to move me beyond my comfort zones. Prayer is going to move me beyond ordinary resources. That means that if I pray, I'm not just limited to the ordinary things that people experience as resources in life. That means when I pray about my job and what's going on in my job, I'm actually tapping in to extraordinary resources so that I may get promoted on my job, but I won't get promoted, promoted only through the ordinary normal channels. What I ought to be expecting to happen is that I did things that were completely contrary to conventional wisdom, but God by his spirit found a way to put favor on my life so that I experienced his goodness through a supernatural way. In other words, prayer isn't something that I just add to my life to make me religious so that I can experience life as if I would have in an ordinary, normal way. Prayer is something that is a game changer. Prayer is something that opens up things that weren't there before. Prayer is something that changes me so that I experience a different kind of life. But if I want to have a different kind of life, I've got to allow the Spirit of God to give me a different kind of prayer. You see, I want to remind you that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. How many of you knew that? Just raise your hand if you already knew that. That's good. Okay, I'm glad you, you came to the prerequisite class. So you already knew that. That's good. But how many of you know that the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you is a praying spirit? So that means that there's prayer going on inside of me all the time. Are you doing all right? If that's too much for you, let me just say it to you this way. How many of you know Jesus lives on the inside of you? How many of you, according to the New Testament, what is Jesus doing? He ever liveth to intercede for us. That's what the Bible says. So that means that Jesus is continually praying and making intercession. It means that the Holy Spirit is a praying spirit. And so one of the purposes of the indwelling presence of God is to energize and activate me as the vehicle. I'm the instrument. I'm the saxophone that the Holy Spirit plays. And when I give myself over to him, he begins to make music with my life. And that music is prayer and an offering to God. Now, I don't know whether you're a saxophone or a trumpet or a piano or what you are, but whether you know it or not, you are an instrument. Do you know how instruments work? Most instruments work this way, is that when someone puts their breath through them, that's how a saxophone works or a trumpet works or, you know, all these instruments, they don't do anything until there's breath starts flow through them. You don't even know that instrument has any capacity to make a sound. But if somebody who knows what he's doing with that instrument puts his mouth on that mouthpiece and releases breath out of his lungs, then all of a sudden that instrument begins to make beautiful music. And I want you to start to think of yourself as God's instrument. What if God needs beautiful music played at your workplace and you're the only instrument he's got? Prayer is you bringing your instrument to the musician and saying, here I am, God, today on September the 26th, afresh and anew, I need you to put your lips on me. I need you to put your mouth on me, and I need you to blow, exhale through me so that what comes out of my life is not Jay, but what comes out of my life is the Spirit of the living God. And that's why prayer is important every day. Every day I say, God, here I am. I need you to blow through me again. 
In fact, Lord, I can't even survive. I can't even live. I can't even make it. If you don't, I live by mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. I'm, I'm on, I'm like, a, I'm like a, a CPR patient on the side of the road. Every day of my life, I'd be lying lifeless on the brink of death had it not been for a God who was willing to get down on over and over and say, breathe into him the breath of life. And so it's God's breath that gives me life. It's God's breath and prayer is the place where I receive God's breath. Uh, Amen. I'm tempted to go all over the New Testament right now, but I'm not going to. Amen. Prayer has to move beyond. And if our prayer is going to move beyond, we have to let Mary and the New Testament teach us all the depths of what prayer can be. You're going to be a little bit surprised by some of the things that I teach this morning. I don't know that you've probably ever heard them taught on Sunday morning in church before. But I'm going to help you today. Are you ready to get some help? The first thing that I want to tell you is that prayer moves beyond words because Mary teaches us that one of the ways we pray is in silence. And I want to say to you that pray, we pray in silence because God's purpose requires pondering. We learn this from Mary. So remember... Prayer is all about God bringing about his purpose within me. So we're going to talk about God's purpose this morning. The first thing I want you to see is that sometimes prayer moves beyond words because it just simply moves into silence because all I do is ponder God's purpose. See, some of us in Pentecostal and charismatic churches, and that's, that's just my people, that's my tribe, that's what I cut my teeth on. But we think if you're not shouting and screaming and sweating, you're not praying. I got four amens right there, Pastor David. I'm going to try that one more time. I said, if we think that if you're not shouting and screaming and sweating, you're not praying. But Mary has some wisdom to teach us. That sometimes prayer doesn't look like shouting and screaming and, and sweating. Sometimes prayer looks like pondering. Because Mary understands something, that if nine months from now I'm going to give birth to the Savior of the world, watch this, it may be that today God's doing something I can't even notice. Because Mary got pregnant on this day. The angel told her, this day, this day. You know, I doubt that Mary really felt anything different in her body on that day. I believe Mary went to bed that night and woke up the next day and just kind of felt like Mary. Because she couldn't judge the magnitude of what God was doing by her feelings in that moment. I said she, she would have been wrong to judge the magnitude of what God was doing by her feelings in that moment because you don't judge the magnitude of what God's doing by your feelings in a moment. You judge the magnitude of what God's doing by whatever it is God's saying. So Mary could have said, I don't feel like I've got the Savior of the world swimming around in my, in my, in my wherever that is. I'm not a biologist. I'm a preacher. (laughs) Pastor Jennifer said, just say womb. (laughs) I don't feel like that's happening, but what I know is that God said that's what was happening. So what I'm going to do when I don't feel like anything's happening, but I know God has said something, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit here in silence and ponder what God said. I'm feeling this. So, so what that means is that God's promises, Brother Felix, God's purposes are always in seed form. That means the way that God gets anything started is by planting seeds. God doesn't bring a bulldozer into your life and just knock things over and do pop-up skyscrapers. God does it like this. I've got a purpose for you. I'm at work in that coworker's life. And you go, well, it don't look like you're at work in that coworker's life. It looks like I know who's working his life. That's the devil over there. I know who's at work in my boss's life, and it ain't the Holy Ghost. 
But you know what you do in that moment? You say, I'm just going to ponder what God said. God said he's at work in that coworker's life. So Lord, I just ponder the fact this morning that before I see that coworker, I just declare, I agree with God. Lord, you're, you're at work in that. Show me how you're at work and let me just ponder. Because my heart, watch this, a pondering heart is the posture through which heaven's plans and purposes begin to come to fruition. So the more I, 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 I posture my heart in a pondering position, the more conducive my heart is to, to, to be fertile ground for the seeds of God's purposes to spring forth. So I want you to keep on shouting and screaming and sweating in prayer. I'm not telling you to stop doing that. In fact, I'm going to talk about that in a few more points. But I also want you to listen to Mary. And recognize that sometimes I just need to sit in the presence of God and think about what God said. I need to ponder these things in my heart. And as I do that, I create an atmosphere for those seeds to be cultivated. Everything God sends into my life, God sends into my life as a seed. And the thing about a seed is it has to be cultivated. Amen. So number one, we pray in silence because God's purposes require pondering. Number two, we're going to get into some deep waters, but I'm going to get you all the way through. Okay, I will not leave you in the 15-foot end of the pool. Are you okay? If you'll keep swimming with me, I will get you to the bank. All right? We pray in the Spirit because God's purpose needs revealing. We pray in the Spirit because God's purpose needs revealing. Now, when I say that we pray in the Spirit, I mean what the New Testament talks about, about praying in a heavenly prayer language. And so the Holy Spirit will take us beyond words. In other words, he'll take us beyond words that we're familiar with. And that's what happens when you pray in the spirit or you pray in tongues or you pray in a private prayer language. And so the, the, the New Testament tells us that this isn't something that's for a special group of people. It's not like for the preachers or the highly anointed people. This is a gift. It's one of the ways that the Holy Spirit prays through us and it moves us beyond words or it moves us beyond our understanding. And so I want to show you that real quickly in 1 Corinthians 14. In 1 Corinthians 14, Paul simply says this, when I pray in the spirit, I speak mysteries to my spirit. I, I utter mysteries. In other words, I don't know what I'm praying. So if you have a heavenly prayer language and you pray in your prayer time and you pray in tongues and you pray in the spirit, you're not supposed to know everything you're praying. And that's the point because God limits God's purpose to your knowledge. It'll be less than what his purpose is. But if God can get you into some kind of prayer that moves beyond your understanding, then you can begin to engage the largeness of God's purpose. So Paul said, when I pray, in the spirit. When I pray in tongues, my understanding, my mind is unfruitful. It doesn't know what's going on, but my spirit understands what's going on. So I could spend 10 minutes praying in tongues and my mind not have any idea what's going on, but some kind of way when I walk out of that prayer time, my spirit understands something better about the purpose of God than it did when I went into that prayer time. Because the Holy Spirit moves me beyond words. He moves moves me beyond English or he moves me beyond whatever language is natural and familiar to me and he enters me into a heavenly language. How many of you know God doesn't speak English? I know that was a big shock right there to a lot of people, but I just want you to know that, that, that God can speak English, but that's not God's native language. God wasn't born in Nebraska. Am I doing all right? God wasn't even born in Great Britain in the 1500s. He, he wasn't born. He wasn't, English is not his native language. He loves you so much, he'll speak your language. But how many of you know when you really fall in love with someone, you start speaking their language? Y'all ain't helping me. See, I know this because I'm married to somebody who doesn't speak my language as her first language. But the more I fell in love with her, the more I wanted to speak her language. And so God loves me enough to speak English, but the more I fall in love with God, I find myself wanting to speak his language. 
And when I start speaking God's language, God says, now you're talking in a way that I can understand. Now you're talking in a way that I can get in with you because now you're talking to me in my language and it's not encumbered by all your foolish and folly and limited understanding. You don't have all the excuses when you pray in a prayer language. You're just praying according to the will of God. God says, now you're letting me pray through you. See, sometimes God just wants to get our mind out of the way as a conversation partner. God really wants to talk to God through me about me. And my mind gets in the way. He's kind of a rude conversation partner because God could be having a conversation with God's self through me and my mind keeps going, yeah, but don't you know that that's not normal? And don't you know that Jay's really not smart enough to do that? And don't you know that Jay struggles with insecurity? And every now and then God says, let's just shut the mind up for a minute so we can talk amongst ourselves. It's kind of like the mind gets up from the dinner table and goes to the bathroom and then only God is left at the table. And he says, finally, we can get something done now. Let's talk amongst ourselves. Because God's purpose needs revealing. You see, I can't discern the purpose of God on my life only through information. I have to have revelation. I have to have something that's beyond information. I've got to be tapping in to a revelatory resource and prayer in the spirit is one of the ways that I can begin to tap in to the revelatory resource of revelation. So God, so now I'm living my life, not just by information, not just by my education, not just by my understanding, but by what God said. So I'm pondering what God said in my heart. Then I'm conversing with God in his language about what God said about me. And now I'm beginning to get more revelation about what in the world God is up to in my life. You see, as a pastor, my heart goes out to a lot of people because we're in a weird time right now. And the truth of the matter is, if you'd be really honest, a lot of us feel like I don't have any idea what God's up to in my life right now. Can I just suggest to you that maybe you should move out of English and you might do a better job of starting to get some understanding about what God is up to in your life. Are you with me? So number, number, number three, I know this is a lot, but I just got to give it to you. So we pray, now you're going to get into some stuff you never heard before and it's going to be okay. Don't be afraid and don't run. And you can tell your friends at lunch, this is what we talked about in church and they will just be like, man, we talked about like the sheep and the goats or something. So... <clears throat> Are you ready for this? Number three, we pray with groaning because we need enlarging. Now, I got to show you this one in the Bible because if you don't, you'll think I'm crazy and I'm not preaching the Bible, okay? Romans chapter 8 and verse number 22. Guys, if you can throw that on the screen for me. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 22. In the Message Bible, Paul says, all around us, we observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. See, that's your answer for everybody who's asking you what in the world is going on in 2020 and 2021. Did you hear that? The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. It's not only around us, it's within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within. We're also feeling the birth pangs. These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. That's why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. Listen to this. We are enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us, but the longer we wait, the larger we become and the more joyful our expectancy. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, 
God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in us and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs and our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition, and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be sure that every detail of our lives in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Now, that's, that's kind of a lot to take in, isn't it? But I think here's what, here's what Paul's saying, is that Paul's saying that just like Mary, if you remember what I shared with you, whether you know it or not, maybe one of the reasons that you come to church is to find out you're pregnant. Okay, that didn't go over very well like I thought it would. So let me say that again. They're going to, maybe one of the reasons you come to church is to find out you're spiritually pregnant. Was that better? Does that help you receive that better? So, so, so in other words, God knows that you're pregnant. And you may not be aware of the thing that you're carrying like you need to be aware of the thing that you're carrying. But the problem that God has is very similar. I believe this is exactly what Paul's saying. Paul's saying in Romans 8, the problem that God has is that you are pregnant with God's purpose. And the same problem that a, 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 two, a, a woman who is two months into her pregnancy has is that she's not big enough yet to give birth to the thing God wants to birth through her. So what she's got to do is she's got to wait until her body catches up to the reality that's already growing on the inside of her. And the longer she waits, the larger she becomes. How many of you know sometimes God has planted some things in your heart and in your spirit, but your inner man hasn't become big enough yet to give birth to it. And God says, if you just get down here with me and groan for a little while, you need a little bit of growing pains and you need a little bit of groaning pains so that I can get bigger on the inside of you so that you have the capacity because right now if you gave birth to my purposes I'd have to short circuit it and shortcut it so much the problem is not does God have a promise over your life the problem is not does God have a purpose in you the problem is am I big enough yet to bring forth to bear the thing that God has spoken over my life And so Paul says that we find the Holy Spirit praying through us in this strange way that's like groanings and sighs. But what happens when we pray in groanings and sighs is that we get bigger on the inside. You see, you might find yourself in prayer. And I know this isn't like Sunday morning, you know, go to lunch with your friends from the Baptist church and tell them we talked about groaning in prayer at church this morning. You know, just don't do that. Actually, don't do that. But here's what I feel like our responsibility is, is if scripture and the spirit tells us that this is the kind of prayer that God wants to lead us into so that we can be the people who give birth to God's promises, then don't I as a pastor owe it to you to say, hey, you can expect this in prayer. You don't have to make it happen, but you can just expect. And you don't have to think you're a crazy cuckoo bird if that starts happening to you in prayer. Just go in your prayer closet. You don't have to, you know, do it on Main Street. Go into your prayer closet and let the Holy Spirit just move and know that I don't understand what's going on right now. But somehow, some kind of way, Romans chapter 8 and Pastor Jay said, I'm getting bigger right now. So I'm just going to roll with that right now. I'm just going to say, hey, man, I need to get a little bit bigger in the Spirit. I need to get enlarged. Another way that that Paul says that is that when you pray in the spirit, you edify yourself. How many of you know if you edify yourself, you get bigger? How many of you know if you eat a donut, you get bigger? Right? In the flesh. If you edify yourself, you get bigger in the spirit. And so groanings because we need to be enlarged. And the fourth way that we pray that moves beyond words is that we pray in travail because God's purpose needs birthing. And I've already alluded to that, and I've already made that point. Groaning and travail are connected. But I just want to tell you something. I want to challenge you today. I hope that you just kind of leave a little bit rattled today, like Spencer Rattler, just rattled. 
Nobody got that joke. Only Felix got that joke. I, I thought that was a good joke. I want you to be a little bit rattled today because I want you to realize that you don't have to be super qualified. You don't have to be a special Christian. All you have to do is be like Mary and say, let it be done unto me according to your word. God, pray in and through me however you want to pray in and through me and whatever you need to do to get me ready so that I can, I can recognize your purpose, I can ponder your purpose, I can see it, I can, I can get revelation about it, I can carry it, I can, I can be transformed, I can begin to move into God. I just want that. And I just want you to know that that's perfectly normal Christian experience. How about that? It's a perfectly normal Christian experience, according to Paul. And you know what? You, you know what your response as a Christian ought to be to the pains and the birth pains and the terrible things that are going on in the world, whether it's happening in Yukon or downtown Oklahoma City or in Afghanistan or wherever. It's, you know what the immediate response of a Christian ought to be is the spirit of God groaning on the inside of you. You ought to say, oh, that just pains my heart because that's not what God wants. God's trying to birth a more beautiful creation than that. And that doesn't line up with God's new creation. So I'm going to enter in with the spirit of God to say, maybe in my generation, I can give birth to something more beautiful than that. Because that's what God's up to. And so we enter into, and when we enter into the, the pain of groaning, how many of you know, how many of the ladies can testify there's never birthing without pain? So when we enter into pain, we're actually positioning ourselves to be birthers of God's purposes in our life. Now, I don't want you to hear some grandiose purpose to that. I want you to get this down in the real bite-sized world of your life. I don't want you to hear that you need to give birth. You know, you, you know, third grade school teacher, you who's just started your family and you're just kind of getting on. I'm not trying to tell you you need to birth a worldwide revival. What I am trying to tell you is that you can just birth a, an existence, an experience that's light and joy and peace. And you reflect the goodness of God in that school system where you work and you love your husband and you have your child and you begin to raise them and you fill your house with the presence of God. How many of you know that's God's purpose for your life? And that's good enough. Just go represent Jesus. Go be different in the world. You don't have to change a nation. Just go change the people you see every day. Love on somebody. Bless somebody. Be generous. Be kind. Be good to people. Why? Because the God who's on the inside of you is generous and good and kind and peaceable. And if you let your prayer life move beyond words, you might find yourself encountering God's power in ways that you didn't encounter it before. Maybe my life has been reduced, not because God is reduced, but maybe my way of engaging God has been reduced to my own mind and my own understanding and my own language and my own experience and my own little religious box. And if I just break out of that, the Holy Spirit can just break out in my life. That's my prayer for you this morning. Come on, worship team, if you guys can come to the front and help me out here. Here's what I want to say to you. Prayer is the invitation to become the people of God who are formed by God's Spirit so that we are people who ponder God's purpose, who see God's purpose revealed in our lives, who see ourselves enlarged in God's presence. You know, the psalmist prayed something, and I was praying for you this morning, and I found myself praying this prayer. I don't even know where it's at in the Psalms. I just know it's in the Psalms. I didn't look it up. But the psalmist prayed and he said, God, enlarge my heart. You can just Google that and you'll find it in the Psalms, wherever it is, right? I know you're not going to look it up in the Bible. You're going to Google it. So just say, God, enlarge my heart in the Psalms. And, and, and I think that's a prayer that we can all pray is that, God, I want my prayer to move beyond words. I want, I want what I've been experiencing in prayer to be completely just, just turned upside down. And Lord, I'm praying that my heart would be enlarged. My capacity to love like you love would be enlarged. You see, that is you beginning to talk God's language. 
And you know what will happen? All the other things you've been praying about, like your income or your status on your job or your security or your happiness or the new TV you want to buy, you know, all that stuff will just become a whole lot less important to you. And then Jesus said, when you seek God first and his kingdom, then he just starts adding all those other things unto you. And you just find out, oh, wow, that stuff that I cared about, God actually cared about, but he just wanted me to get my priorities right. So God, enlarge my heart today in prayer. God, make me bigger on the inside today. Lord, I'm praying for the gate church that we would just become bigger people on the inside. That all the smallness that we keep hearing in the world around us, would you enlarge us by your spirit? You see, Mary, let's go back to Mary as we conclude. Mary gave birth to the eternal, ultimate purpose of God for the whole world for all times. Are you with me? She gave birth to Jesus. But you and I, by learning from Mary's wisdom, we position ourselves to give birth to the personal, specific, for the 21st century, purpose of God for me and my household. Are you with me? So how many of you know that God had a purpose for the whole world, but he's also got a purpose for you and your household? And it doesn't have to be a perfect household. It could be a broken household. It could be a divorced household. It could be a separated household. It could be a household in shambles. But God doesn't say, man, if you had a better household, I'd get a purpose. God says, no, I got a purpose for you while you're still broken. I got a purpose for you while you don't have it all together. And what you can do is you can begin to open yourself up in prayer and you can begin to conceive and foster and nurture my purposes for your life right now where you are. So I want to pray for you this morning. And I want to pray with you. I want to agree with you this morning for the purposes of God in your life, in your family, in your workplace, in your marriage, in your children right now. And I want to pray that God would move our prayer beyond words. That this week you would begin to enter into new dimensions of prayer that you've never experienced before. Now let me make this easy for you. If, if you're scared to death and this is your second time to church, God bless you. Thank you for coming. You might be a little overwhelmed, but I, I designed this message so that you could grab a hold of wherever you want to grab a hold. And if all you want to do this week is say, you know what, I can be silent in God's presence. I know how to do that. That other stuff scares the bejesus out of me, but I, I can be silent in God's presence. Then you know what I want you to do? I want you to go home and be silent in God's presence and just say, Holy Spirit, help me ponder what you're saying to me. Help me ponder the purposes of God. And then, you know, you might want to take one step later on and that's fine. We're going to be here on Wednesday night. We're going to be praying and we're going to be praying for people. And if you'd like to be released in your prayer language, in a heavenly prayer language, we're going to pray for everybody that wants to be prayed for that on Wednesday night. We're going to pray together as a church family, but we're going to let the Holy Spirit move our prayer wherever he wants to move our prayer in our personal lives, in our corporate lives. We're going to grow together in prayer. So stand to your feet all over the building. <clears throat> Why don't you just turn your hands toward heaven right now? And I'm going to ask, I want to pray for you in just a minute. But before I do that, I want you to have a moment of just kind of pondering right now. Just turn your hands toward heaven. I'm going to ask Ashley and our team just to lead us in worship. I don't want you to focus on worshiping as much as pondering right now. But let's just, let's just soak in the presence of God for a couple of minutes as these guys lead us. Wait on the Lord. Because He will renew your strength. So wait, I say, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord, He will renew your strength. Yes, He will. He's doing it right now. So wait, I say, wait on the Lord. Come on, just make that wait your prayer right now. So Lord, I wait on you right now. I'm choosing he to do it.
there as you wait just remember remember how the Holy Spirit works remember how God works he works through whispers he works through planting seeds so just take right there and just say God I just ponder what you're doing I believe what you're doing Lord it doesn't matter what I feel right now it doesn't matter what the circumstances of my life right now I'm choosing to be like Mary and I'm choosing to say, let it be done unto me according to you. Let it be done unto me in my household according to your word. Whatever you're doing, God, I want to cooperate with it. Open my eyes to see it. And that's how prayer that moves beyond words begins. It's just by saying, God, I'm not going to put all my things on you. I'm going to let you put your things on me. I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to wait on you. Now, I want to I give you an opportunity if, if you want someone to pray with you this morning. Maybe you don't even know Jesus. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. We want you to know every Sunday at the Gate Church is the best Sunday you could ever say, hey, would somebody pray with me right now and just, just lead me into a relationship with Jesus? If you'd like to do that today, our prayer teams are coming down front right now. And we, there'll be people here that would love to pray with you and just say, you know what? It, you, people might say, well, that's a weird Sunday to, to come to know Jesus. Well, Jesus loves you. He'll take you any Sunday. Amen. Doesn't matter what the preacher preaches. You can give your life to Jesus today. But maybe you know Jesus. Maybe you know that God's stirring something deep within you this morning. I'm just going to ask our, our teams just to create an atmosphere for the next few minutes. You know, it may be better for you to make an altar right there at your pew. It, it might be better for you to come down front. It might be better for you to take a few minutes and just say, God, wherever I'm at in my prayer life, I want you to move me beyond. I want you to move me beyond my understanding, move me beyond my words. Maybe you need a few minutes to do that. I encourage you this Wednesday night to come out, join us. We're, gonna, we're not going to really be teaching a lot on prayer, but we're just going to be praying together. We're going to give some instruction, but it's going to give you another opportunity to go deeper in your prayer life. So we're going to bless our congregation. We're going to release you. But if you'd like to spend some time in prayer today, I want you to know this sanctuary is open. These altars are open. We want to give you a place to say, God, whatever you're doing in my life, I want to cultivate those purposes today in Jesus' name. So Father, I bless your people. And Lord, I pray that this word would be fruitful in their lives. Lord, I pray that we would sense the activation of your spirit. I pray that we would sense the energy of your spirit. I pray, Lord, that we would sense the gentle nudge of your spirit that pushes us beyond in all the different ways that you want to deepen our prayer life. And so, Lord, I give that to you today. I say, these are your people. Do your work among us. And we say, let it be done unto us according to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. These altars are open. 